My brothers and sisters, how are you? Wonderful, okay, okay. Listen, today is a day that uh, we're just, we're going to love on each other. We're going to share some uh, scripture that uh, was important that I read uh, for myself and our family when uh, when we were in our time of need. I want to share those with you. I know that you read scripture, you prayed together, and I just want to say today that uh, we're not going to put any kind of uh, guards up today. Um, It's okay to say you were scared. It's okay to say you were afraid. Uh, One thing that we need to know about our faith is that that God's shoulders are so big and in our weakest moments, he knows that we love him, he knows that we trust him, but he knows also in our ties of humanity that sometimes things just don't go very well for us. And God is real with us and uh, he wants us to be real with him. You know, uh, I'm sore. Anybody else sore? My body's sore, my bones are sore raking up the yard for a couple of days. I've rediscovered the arthritis in my hands. And anybody else done that? You know, uh, Aleve and and ibuprofen are probably our best friends these last couple of days. Uh, Anybody in the room still without power? Is anybody without power here? Okay, so everybody, we had a couple of uh, folks in our um, last service and some others had generators, so that exchange got made and uh, folks are being helped out. Okay, okay. Well, a couple of things just to, just to think about. You know, um, living through hurricanes is tough. Uh, I'm a native Orlandoan. I was born in Florida, grew up in Orlando. Um, you know, I know I joke about being 39. I'm 53, and in 53 years, uh, I tell you what, I've, I don't think I've ever experienced all of the um, adrenaline that came in the pretenses of Hurricane Irma coming. And when you looked at that storm, 480 miles wide, and we compared that to Hurricane Andrew that just leveled Homestead, you know, 25 years ago, which was 80 miles wide, that sucker was huge. And just to think about uh, all of the preparation that we all did, uh, the devastation, let me just first of all say I'm so proud of all of you. Um, I've been getting uh, emails and Facebook posts and and phone calls and text messages about how you're helping each other pre-storm and post-storm. Many of you helped each other board up your homes. You helped gather food. You collected water supplies. Some of you, um, uh, like uh, my family, we kind of did a community living space. We had others living with us and some smells that I hope I never have to smell again. (laughs) But you know what? We lived through it, right? We live through that, and when you don't have power for five or six days and, and you begin to uh, reek like outside and all, it's okay. It's okay. I have a newfound appreciation uh, for my friends, for my wife, uh, because she put up with uh, some of my impatience level. I'm one of those persons with a lot of adrenaline. I go, 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 and she tells me to stop, tells me to stop, and I just keep going and going and going, and then I get to point of dehydration and all that. You, many of you are like that too. That's just the way we're wired. But thank you that we've had people look after us. Uh, we've looked after each other. Um, let me share with you just a couple of scriptures um, that, that are so important, and the first one comes out of Matthew's Gospel. And it's uh, chapter 8. And and listen to these words. Uh, Jesus is speaking. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Aren't those beautiful words? Come to me all. Not just a couple of you, not one of you, but all who are weary and burdened. You know, the last week, I think there's been a lot of weariness, hasn't there? 
Uh, we felt a lot of burden. We felt a lot of burden of uh, anxiety and those kind of things. But Jesus says, come to me. He says, draw to me. That's a promise. And here's what he says. He says, I will give you rest. And he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know, sometimes we, um, we get kind of jazzed up in our church life and we talk about, you know, uh, giving ourselves to Christ and our new creation and all that. And we put all this uh, work into soul, uh, soul construction, soul construction. Listen, uh, you know, heaven's a big place. And as we trust in our Lord Jesus Christ, we know that he's uh, got a room special for us, right? But I, but I know that also uh, sometimes when we think about rest for our souls, Jesus is talking about that weariness, that, that, that kind of weariness that a lot of us are feeling right now, that, that just, I don't know what to do. Should I sleep or I'm, I'm too tired to eat or, or should I go do this or go do that? What should I do? That's the weariness he's talking about. And he says, come to me and learn from me and I will give you rest. When I think about when the Lord was on the cross, he had anxiety. You know, we want to say, well, he was God. Of course he didn't. But folks, he was human and divine, right? And what did he cry? He actually cried out the words of Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So when he says, trust in me and do as me, we have to remember that, that Jesus experienced our humanity. God experienced our humanity as Christ in the flesh. And he knows in those moments when we're weary. And he knows in those moments when we just feel broken. James, I love what the, the writer James says, the brother of Jesus. He says, you know, sometimes we just kind of get all flustered because we think if we're human and we are afraid or that we have some fear about things that we're not faithful. But James reminds us that we're allowed to have honest doubt. Now that sounds kind of interesting, honest doubt. Well, what is that? Well, that's when we know that Christ loves us and that he died for our sins and we've accepted that and we are in his righteousness. But, but it's also that, that, that sense inside of us that's restless, that sense that's inside of us that just is like, at this moment, I'm just crying out to you, God. And he says, that's honest doubt. And he says, it's okay. So for those of you that, that have kind of wrestled a little bit with that lately, listen to your pastor for a minute. It's okay. You're not a bad person. God has not ejected you from your heavenly reward because you've struggled with that. In fact, I hope and pray that in the midst of those struggles that, that your heavenly father has not only drawn closer to you with his prevenient grace, but that you have also chosen to draw closer to him. So Jesus reminds us in these moments uh, that his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Uh, another one that, that I was reading in the midst of the storm, and I was actually reading this one, um, I had a little little New Testament and some Psalms in a little bunker room that we were in. And, um, and I was reading this one as the eye of Irma was uh, over us. And whoever's ugly stepsister Irma is, would you tell her just to stay away forever, right? I mean, come on. But, but I was reading this out of Psalm 46, and I think it might make some sense. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in our time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though that the earth give away, the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though surges may come, and the mountains quake with their surging. You know, God is our refuge and God is our strength. I, I love the imagery of that. What is a refuge? A refuge is a place where you can go and you know you're protected. A refuge is a place where you can go and just relax. 
In fact, let's do that. I, uh, y'all are a little wound up this morning. Just take a deep breath in and exhale real big. Blow it out. Breathe in. Blow it out. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is that immovable force. And I loved it when Josh said, you know, of all the names, not Irma, not, not Jose, not uh, Lee or Marie and, and, and all those other storms that may come, but the name of God remains steadfast. He is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in our time of need. So God is that foundation upon which we build, and God is that immovable force. Um, God is the, the, the force that allows us to overcome some of the greatest challenges we've ever been faced with in our lives. For some of you, this might have been your greatest challenge in life this past week. Some of you might have fought in wars where you saw life and death right there, but there are many of you that have said to me, Pastor, I thought I was going to die. So I, I want to acknowledge that today, and I want to um, just reassure you that you're okay right now and that your brothers and your sisters in Christ are with you, and they are, through God's help, your, your strength. Peter wrote this in his uh, first letter. He says, cast all your anxiety. Another translation says, cast all your cares. I love the word anxiety. Cast all your anxiety uh, on Christ because he cares for you. So if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling um, uh, overwhelmed, if, if those feelings of just that uncertainty are on you, um, let me encourage you not to go down the path of, um, of, of an addictive behavior. Don't, don't drown it out with alcohol. Don't drown it out with pills. Uh, don't drown it out with any of those kind of things. But cast your anxiety and your cares into Christ. You know, allow God to work with you and let him be your rock and your refuge, your ever-present help in your time of need. The last one that came to my mind um, actually was a scripture that, that uh, became present with me so many years ago. I love the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. Remember, Jesus comes and visits, and, and uh, Mary's in the kitchen clanging all the, the, the kitchen utensils and stuff, and she's not real happy with her, or Martha was, and she's not real happy with her sister Mary, and Mary's at the feet of Jesus, and Martha's in there, work, 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 trying to do, 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 do. I'm a doer. Anybody else in the room a doer? Yeah, there's a lot of us. You know, sometimes we give Martha a bad rap because we think, well, you need to sit at the feet of Jesus. We do, folks. And there's so much about me that I want to yearn every day to be more like Mary and to sit at Jesus' feet. But every time, gosh darn it, I look at it and I go like, man, I'm a Martha. I'm a doer. I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. And the one thing that I learned from that is that sometimes when we're doers, um, we can actually do ourselves so deeply into things that we become really fatigued. And when you become fatigued, your demeanor changes. Now, for those of you that have, those of us, I should say, who have been sleeping in hot houses or dealing in hot houses during the day, um, hopefully you've learned the last couple of days how to say I love you to your spouse in a different way rather than, get away from me, it's hot. You know, so we need to start learning that language of love again and, and speaking that. But I, but I learned from uh, the story of Mary and Martha, um, and, and you know, we, they say a lot of it, uh, a lot of the psychological writers will say that we are the end product of our parents. Now, I'm not one who ever believes that we need to just blame our parents for all of our stuff, 
But there's something about our DNA that wires us that, you know, if your parent has a bad heart, you might have a bad heart. If your parent has diabetes, you might have. So, so my mom has the DNA gene of worry. And, um, you know, she said to me one time, son, I just worry about the day I don't have anything to worry about anymore. <laughs> and uh, so every now and then that worry gene flares up with me. And through the years, um, I've really tried to overcome that. So I am a, a, uh, an addict in recovery from, from uh, worry because of many years ago. And I discovered many, many years ago, and this is what helps me, is Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Listen to these words. And as, and as you're thinking about this, think about in those moments when, when you were uh, in the midst of storm and you were wondering about what's the, what's the outside gonna look like? Will there be grocery stores? Will there be water services? And God love our, our power people. Praise God for them. Uh, amen to that. And uh, praise God for our, our sanitation and uh, waste removal folks. They, you know, sometimes these are our unsung heroes. And, and listen, I, I know that uh, when, when your neighbor across the street has power and you don't on your side, I know you can get chippy about that. I, I know that. I get it. But you know what? Those men and women, especially those power people, were, were going 48, 72 hours with no sleep doing the best that they could do from all over our country, here just to help us. And uh, what, a, what a beautiful thing that it is. So if you see those folks, um, you know, wave at them, tell them job well done. Uh, let them know that you appreciate what, what they've done for you. But here, here in Matthew 6, <clears throat> Jesus is speaking, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. You know, I thought about that, what you will eat or drink. When we had finished all the Pop-Tarts on the night that the hurricane came through, I was kind of wondering, well, you know, does that mean we can go into the Ding Dongs and the, uh, and the Twinkies next? But Patty said, no, you're fat enough and I can't let you do that. So uh, you have to go, you have to work on that. But, but the whole point is sometimes we worry about those things. What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? I mean, I know some people that, that got up the day after the storm or working out in the yards that were worried about their hair or what their clothes look like. Listen to what he says. Don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about that. Uh, is life not more important than food and the body more important than clothes? So he's teaching us here that, that sometimes we want to resonate on the creature comforts but we need to know what life is and the value of life even more. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in their barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. So, so what he's saying is, is, is sometimes the smallest creatures, God takes care of them, so God's gonna take care of us. He's gonna take care of you, and he's going to help you through that. Um, he, he goes on to say, are you not more valuable than they? We know that we are because we were created, what? In the image of God, the scripture says, who by worrying can add a single hour to their life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the valley grow? They don't labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon, who was the most um, wealthiest man and, and wisest man in biblical times, in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, and that's thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? And then he says these words, oh, you of little faith. And what he's trying to remind us is, remember God takes care of the little things. And because he takes care of the little things, he'll also take care of the treasured things, you and me, okay? So do not say, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? 
For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Folks, we have to have things to eat. I get that. We have to have things to drink. I get that. Our body is mostly water. We have to stay hydrated and all those things. But what he's saying is, don't just focus on that. So when our power is out and we don't have the luxury of electricity, when everything in the refrigerator is not doing very well, let's not get angry about that. But let's know that, that, that God has given us life and that we're going to be okay and that your loving neighbor is going to help you out in some powerful way. But he says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, but seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you. What's the kingdom of God? Jesus said that the, re- the way that we know the measure of the kingdom of God is that we live into what's called the great commandment. Who can recite the great commandment? Love the Lord God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor, what? As yourself. And that leads us to Hebrews 11, 24 and 25, where, where Paul, or the writer, I should say, where the writer says to us, to be encouraged, to encourage one another, to continue to assemble together, to continue to count our blessings, to remind ourselves of the importance of our faith, but to spur, he says, each other on as we move forward with that. You know, we, uh, we included a little paper this morning for you. It's this little blue sheet. If you'll take it out with me this morning. Uh, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd, I'd, I'd like us to take a little bit of time this morning and... Um, uh, I'd like you to kind of report into us uh, this sheet. If you if you will just put your name at the top and certainly all your contact information that it asks for, and we, there's three things that it says: I need, I can, and I saw. I need. What does that mean? If there is a need that you have that you need us to be aware of and how we can try to help you, we want you to write that down. I need this. I need that. I can. What does that mean? If you can help in any way, if you can help us help others, if you can help run errands, if you can help remove yard debris, if you can help in any way, like like this project next Saturday at 8 a.m. when we meet over here at the staff parking lot, if you can help clean up this Largo Park, write that down there. I can help do this. I can help do that. And then the I saw part is, if in your travels, in your neighborhoods and all, if you saw a need that has a need that has not been met yet, write that down so we're aware of it. Because we're for Pinellas. We wanna help our community. We wanna help everyone in the best way that we can. But it's gonna take all of us to do that. I mean, we can't just rely on two or three people. It takes an entire church uh, to to help its community. So we wanna take a a few minutes. Josh is gonna play a little bit of music for us. And we want you just to take some time and just fill this out. Um, If you need more time to do it, it's okay. Don't feel rushed on that. But when you're finished, if you'll just pass them inside to the aisleways here, and then our ushers will come by and collect these, um, and, um, and then we'll know how to do that. And there's a couple other things before we close, but take some moments. I need, I can, and I saw. Take a few moments to do that.
is it that you need, let us know. I can. How can you help us help others? And I saw. I saw this in my neighborhood. I saw this in my community. And maybe St. Paul United Methodist Church, who's for Pinellas, maybe they can help deal with that situation. Some of you look like you're finishing, which is wonderful. Just pass them to the, to the center and those on the inside aisles, just hold on to them. And our ushers will be buying a little bit as everybody else is getting, getting completed with that. As you're filling that out, let me just finish what I had for this morning. You know, as I was um, listening to the reports and as we were looking at the, um, the radar scan and all, and uh, after post, post uh, Irma, uh, all the meteorologists, and I love the meteorologists, you know, they, they were saying, we're going to scratch our heads for decades trying to figure this one out. Folks, there's only one answer as to what happened here in Tampa Bay, and it's a miracle. I don't know how else to say it. It's a miracle. And let me tell you why I think it's a miracle. You know, we were, we were told about the surges. We were told about gale force winds of Cat 4 or 5. We were talk, we, they were told about 24 to 25 uh, uh, foot-high surges that were going to come, that Pinellas uh, County was going to be basically become two islands. Uh, it, was, it was horrible with the things that we were being told. But as that storm came through, remember, it, it, it kept going west, which we thought, wow, it's going west. That's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And when it finally turned north, um, it turned north in an area that um, it could have done more devastation had it turned sooner than it did. Now, I'm not downplaying the devastation that it did, but I'm looking here in the Tampa Bay area, which could have been even more horrific, and I'm thinking about the results of that. And then, and then we began to see that once it became on landfall, it immediately went from a Category 4 to a Category 2. Remember that? And then remember when we were told that it sucked all the water out of Tampa Bay? Folks, I had never even imagined that, but it sucked all the water out of Tampa Bay, and then was the concern coming next about now as the high tides were going to come in and all that water was going to be dumped back in, that's when the 25 to 30 foot surges were going to happen. But then all of a sudden we were looking at the radar and we began to look at and see the storm had been cut in half. Did anybody see that? There was only a top portion of the storm. There was no bottom portion. And the eye was no longer um, localized, but it was more of an amoeba shaped. And the storm was uh, losing its power and its velocity. And because of all this happening, when all those waters got dumped back into Tampa Bay from the storm, which sucked it out, it was no longer high tide, it was low tide. That's why we didn't have any surges. So folks, I think it was a miracle. And, um, you know, I, I think that as we look at that, uh, what it says to me is that we have a greater purpose now. We do. And that greater purpose is to be a beacon of light in the light of the world in a more powerful way. So we need to be praying for our, our church communities all around us, uh, Sebring, Lehigh Acres, in the Jacksonville area, um, down into some areas that are heavily flooded. Uh, we have some uh, trucks that are leaving from uh, one of our United Methodist churches today to take supplies. We had uh, some folks come today, and um, do we know how much ice they ended up taking? A lot. We had lots of bags of ice that had been collected, and they were taking that down as we're in worship now. We had some folks come from out of town, 
pick that up and they're taking it down to a church that has become a resource center for infants and small children. They have no water, no electricity, no ice, no formula. So as we've been worshiping, know that uh, our ice that we have collected has, is now making its way down there. Uh, baby products are making its way down there. Um, and we'll be taking uh, loads of water over to one of our the United Methodist churches later today uh, that will be going into some of those depressed areas too. So folks, God is good. And uh, he's given us a chance to help others, and we're going to continue to do that. But the last thing I want to say is this. Don't forget the families and the people that are inside of your walls. Sometimes we get this urge to want to help everybody else. And that desire is a very heroic means to do that. And it's very admirable. But it's almost like the plumber helping everybody else and his home is flooding. Take care of your families too. Love on the people in your homes. They're tired, they're weary. They need your love and your support as well. So don't forget to love on them too.